I'm afraid this year is going to be in two parts online because the battery died middle. Pesach uh, Sheni, different than other uh, other mitzvahs, came about from where? Because the people insisted, because they were impure. They had impure. They were ritually impure, and therefore they needed. They wanted, they yearned to have this carbon, to be able to do this mitzvah. What feet are they standing on? What legs are they standing on by making such a request? If Hashem didn't say the Chathila, I want you to bring carbon Pesach. If you can't now, you bring it again next month. If Hashem didn't say that, what, what in any which way, form or fashion, hinted to them that they could do this. It's obviously not meant to be. It's an anus, an anus achman patri. It's an anus, an accident. It's not their fault they were Tom and the Nefesh. And in such cases, the tailor says it's patri. Not only They bring about the thought of approaching God and asking from God to grant them What's the air about, no? the schus? No. The schus of this mitzvah. They're granted the mitzvah not just for that moment it then becomes a mitzvah in the Teda. It's another portion, a thing in the Teda that's added. Pesukim in the Teda, mitzvah in the Teda, gets added because of it. The lesson we have is, when a Jew feels deprived of anything, any kind of mitzvah, an opportunity to associate with Teda. If a person has anus, and he knows for a fact, anus rahmana patri, he do not take that lying down. You need to figure out how I can still do this mitzvah. How can I still fulfill? Even though I'm Potter, circumstances have it, and something came up, and I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. We keep score at home. The Gemara Brachas Lamed Gimel Lamedayis says, "Hakol b'leshemayim chutzmiyeleshemayim." Everything is in the hands of people, except for the fear of heaven. God actually awaits for people to pursue their relationship with Him. God awaits to see how a person can devote themselves and give themselves over to Hashem with a full heart and soul. Which brings us to mind another story of the Vashem Tov. In the forest 
He lived a Pashto Yid. Really a Pashto Jew. Not a Lamed Vovnik. Not one of these secret hidden Sadikim. A simple, simple Jew. And this simple Jew lived on Zeyaz Kapecho. Sweat of his hands. Whatever he did, whatever he was able to do, whatever he was able to work, that's what he did. That's where he lived. He would sit and study with his children at home. They would sit and learn. They did what they could. But his children were taught that whatever Hashem gives, gives us. And we have to be happy with our lot. No reason to ask for any more. One of his inspirations, obviously, was as he traveled from sometimes to town, he went to town to look for things, and he once managed to see a person, a very holy person, gathering the people of the town together and talking to them, and he found out this was the Baal Shem Tov, who used to regularly travel from town to town to speak to the simple folk and to bring them closer to the God in heaven, to our Father in heaven. It was a Thursday afternoon, evening, and Zalman, we'll call him, was sitting and learning with his children. And he hears a horse and wagon pulling up in front of his house. He didn't have an inn. Why would somebody be stopping here? And he looks out the window. And lo and behold, no more, no less, it's the Boshemtiv. Boshemtiv with his Tamidim. Come to me. Tells his wife quickly, bring whatever food there is. Such a guest. Tells his children to straighten their clothes, stand straight, their charets. And he goes out to greet Boshemtiv. Bashanta says it's Thursday. We're going to sit down now for the El Shishi, which is to sit all night long, Fabreng, study, learn Taylor. Do you mind if we join your and do it in your house? It's not a problem. No. Fabrengin, Shanta says some Taylors, they thank some Ligunim. I mean, Tamid the inner circle, Tamid were very, very holy people in their own rights. And uh, before you knew it, it was dawn. It was dawn. They went to the river. They tabled, they went to Mikveh. They came back, they put on the Talas and Tvil, and they davened. The Bashem Tfilas are not uh, five minutes. Took an hour, two, three. After davening, the Chsidim um, ate whatever was left there for breakfast. And they uh, asked if they could lie down. They didn't sleep all night. 
Chosen acquiesced. He set up whatever straw they had to make beds, makeshift beds. And the Chassidim, the lie down. They slept for several hours. And then suddenly it was after Chatzais. They woke up, and the Bashem turned to the Bzalman, and he said, Slushne, Herois, and he spoke Yiddish. He said, Herzu, after Chatzais, they don't travel on Friday. Even though Shabbos is not for five hours, six hours, I don't travel after Chatzais. Do you mind if we stay here? For Shabbos. Of course. How can I mind? He ran to the closet, he took out his chalif, a slaughtering knife, sharpened it, gave it to the Bashem to the check, went out to the barn, for the Bashem to <laughs> slaughter his only cow, checked everything, koshered everything, and within hours, there were slabs of meat in the kitchen being cooked. Right, the meat is not only a Shabbos. you got to make Kiddush, you got to have He took whatever else he had, chickens, sheep, put it on his wagon, and he rode to town. He rode to town, and he sold everything. He even put up the horse and wagon for collateral. And with the money... He bought wine and flour and all the cult of cellar, even chocolates for cookies. Anyway, came back. It was time for hustle and bustle, the cooking. The Shabbos was beautiful. The Talmudin had an appetite. They ate Friday night, they ate Shabbos morning, they ate it's Shabbos day, not Shabbos morning, and then they ate Shalosh Shabbos. And they said, no, what's the love of Malka? At this point in time, the cupboard was almost bare. There was still leftovers from the Shabbos meals, so they put down the Shabbos leftovers, and my love of Malka was served. Came in the morning, the Moshanta said, no, breakfast. He had a, a few pieces of herring left. The Bashans took it, he divided it up to all his Tamidim. They ate whatever they could. Not their full, obviously. And the Tamidim turned to the Zalman and said, Me, seriously. That's it? You have nothing, nothing else? I have nothing else. Okay. There's nothing else. They get in the host wagon and they drive out. The fact that the children didn't really eat love Malka. And on Sunday morning they want breakfast. And they yell at there's nothing here. And they start crying. And they start begging the father, please. Soon, Kindler, soon, soon, soon. It's lunchtime. Children are begging, please, we're so hungry. Mm-hmm. Nothing here. There's nothing. Finally, towards the evening, the children are begging and screaming. 
Someone goes to the back of the house. This is Rebbeinu Shalom. I never, ever asked. I never asked for anything. But Rebbeinu Shalom can't. The children they need to eat. This can't go on. I I sold everything. It was a beautiful Shabbos. It was very. The spirituality was fantastic. Of an of a Shabbos stuff of the kinder davenes. He started crying so hard he fell on his face and he started to cry and he was literally facing the mud. Tears were streaming. Come to get a horse and wagon. Yes. What's going on? He turns and runs through and he sees very fine wagon, strong horses. Two very well dressed men come off, big boxes. And they say, Rabid, we saw Mizazin. We need somewhere to stop. We'd like to use your house to uh, eat. He says, I don't have anything to eat. You can use my house to sleep, to rest, but I have no food. We didn't ask you for food. We have food. We want to eat. You want to eat with us? Eat with us. We have plenty. They come inside to see the whole family. They said, huh, everybody eat. Everybody sat down to eat. And they ate their full bottom. After the meal, everybody went uh, they went their ways. Children were happy now. They could go to sleep. Uh, there's two people. Tell Arab Zalman, we got a little issue. We were partners for many years. And uh, time to dissolve. For whatever reason, we're dissolving the partnership. We have to split everything. But unfortunately, Sigatenist. We can't think, we need someone thinking out of the box. We need somebody from the outside looking in to, to make this division. Would you do this for us? If you could, you're saving us six days of perilous travel to the town that we wanted to go to to speak to the bottom over there. And for that, we'll reward you. You get 3% of the whole deal. Zalman can't have was not a fool. He sat down. 45 minutes, an hour later, he had a solution to this. Two big businessmen that looked like big businessmen. 20,000 ruble was the whole value of the whole business. No, so he's going to get a three, what's he going to get a two, three percent for this? What's he going to, what's, all right, listen, Eichepes. So he tells them, the Sachakal here is 20,000 ruble, and you'll get this, you get that, okay. I said, okay, now listen here a bit. We don't use the numbers real. Every one represents a thousand. So you gave up 20,000, but it's 20 million. To which we're giving you 3%. The area of like 600,000 ruble. <laughs> the violin here is 20,000 ruble. Down payment. And here's promissory notes for the rest. <coughs> like checks. You're good to go. We're good to go. You're good to go. Thank you very much. Needless to say, the shock on Abzalman's face. 
and they leave. They go back where they came from. A short while later, there's another wagon coming. <laughs> it's the Boshemtiv. Boshemtiv came back. Solomon comes out to, to ecstatic, exalted. They wish gave me the schus of hosting the Boshemtiv for Shabbos and everything. In that schus, David just sent me a tremendous amount of money. Boshemtiv said, No, he didn't. No, had <coughs> nothing to do with your The money was yours. But you never asked for it. So they couldn't send it. So we came here and cleaned you out to make sure that you're going to be in a situation you're going to have to beg and ask for it. Once you're in a situation to beg and ask for it, they should give it. So Kindalak, this is the message that a Yid has to ask don't say that I'm complacent and I'm potter, I'm, I'm anus, patri. I don't need this mitzvah, I don't need that mitzvah, I don't have to do it, I won't do it. We need to ask of Hashem, please make sure that I don't get deprived of any mitzvahs, I don't need teda, and that I can do everything, that I should have the health to do it. And the main mitzvah that has to happen, that has to be done, that we all need to strive to do, mitzvah of Israel, which will be the mitzvah that will merit us to bring Mashiach to Keno, and this very Shabbos, we should see the Menera lit in the base Hamidosh Ashlishi Shabbat Shalom to all. Who's losing? Where are they playing now? Cleveland? Yeah. They're in Cleveland itself. She. Well, LeBron stinks. LeBron yeah, does not stink. You should have seen how he's gasping for air game two, Rabbi. First time today. He is one of the best basketball players to ever play the sure game. Sure, he is. One of the biggest jerks out there, yeah. Call what you want. He's a good player. Okay, I am I'm late. I'm ready to call for like a car, like cigarettes. Disgusting.